Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night's new content drops. As we enter the dog days of August, we continue our Metallica celebration. The band is as big as it's ever been. They just launched that 72 Seasons U.S. tour a couple weeks ago in New Jersey, and we have the hosts, the brand new official Metallica Report podcast with us today. Stefan Chirarzi and Renee Richardson join us to talk about the launching of this new podcast that's in conjunction with us here at Pantheon Music Network and the Metallica family. We discuss how this pod came about, the All Within My Hands Foundation. Stefan shares his love of soccer. Uh, Renee shares her love of just being in rock and roll all these years and her role within that All Within My Hands Foundation. It's a great listen. So Metal Walt and I will have that for you in just a second. But first, we want to remind you to join our community by signing up for the Metal Mayhem ROC newsletter. Get up to the website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Sign up. There you'll get notifications on new episodes, new blogs, CD reviews, uh, notifications for our Monday night live radio show that I host. And every now and again, we give away free merchandise through contests that we get from our suppliers and record company people. Last week, we had a recap of the two shows in Jersey as Metal Walt and I had a chance to attend and be guests of the band Two weeks ago, we had Bastardane, the band that Caster Hetfield fronts. Uh, let's see, earlier in the summer, we had Witch Slayer, that Chicago band that finally put out their first album. We had a Hell's Disciple tour reunion with Satan, Night Demon, and Haunt. All those episodes, as well as all our other episodes, are available in the archive drop-down box. So get up to the website, sign up for the pod, subscribe, rate, and review. That stuff sort of helps. Before we get into this interview, I just want to let you know that when the interview starts, we had just connected on Zoom, and we just started busting chops and laughs and telling jokes, so there isn't really an open to the interview. In any case, this interview is filled with great information about the new podcast, uh, the 72 Seasons Tour, behind-the-scene information that they tell stories about the band, and just more information about that all within my Hands Foundation. So that's what's coming up. For my co-host, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Well, listen, Taylor Swift sold out three nights at MetLife, but nothing could compare to what we went through last weekend at MetLife. (laughs) 
so much, Renee, that if you see, I'm still in the stadium. I noticed that. And I'm still there. Yeah, I can see it. I love that. I well, love actually, that. and that came right. John and I were at both nights on the floor in the snake pit. And, you know, I got a million pictures on the phone, but that was actually taken. At one point, I turned around and I said, I need a little backdrop for eventual use for the podcast. And look how nice it looks. It looks right? awesome. It totally right? it's, it's fantastic. I'm really or I could be in Montreal. I might be there early. Yeah. Well, the great thing true. about that photo is it doesn't come with the heat index. Right. That accompanied the actual live being there. So you get to enjoy the, the, the anyone who sees yeah. your background gets to enjoy or the MetLife, uh, you know, stadium without exactly. sweating. Exactly. Usually <laughs> in it. So you guys were both at the show? Correct. Uh, both. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah of course. Because okay. yeah, I, yeah. I noticed on your the second podcast, I think you were recording it about three hours before showtime. Is that what you said? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you were after the sound check and, you know, opening bands were rolling. It was that first night was better weather than the second, to be honest, because it yeah. never rained. And then the Sunday show was really hot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They broke uh, the weather broke right before they went on second night, though, didn't you think? I thought it I got thought a so too. I, I felt a nice breeze, and I was comfortable by the by the time that Metallica took mm. the stage. For now, sure. where were you guys for the shows? Were you in the uh, snake pit? Yes. So here's what I did. We 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 have our different uh, ways yeah. of of doing Metallica shows. On Friday, I took great delight in just running around by myself and going from place to place getting all different vantage points of the of the stage and um everything and then on sunday a friend of mine i, I grew up in the in the new york uh area and so a friend of mine who i went to college with i went to college in new york city a friend of mine who i went to college with came in for the show and so i it was her first metallica show since Metallica played with Guns N' Roses whenever that was. <laughs> and so, 91, I think it was. 91 92. Or 92. Right. Yeah. 92. I, so I, I, was, I was there. <laughs> I was with her and I remember she just that watched the wonder in her eyes as she took in everything and, and stood on the floor. And then she finally nudged me. was like, okay, I think I want to go into the snake pit. And I'm like, all right. And so we went in and she, just like everybody else, like, like a little the the school of fish who follow uh, James around whenever he comes to that section of the stage and everybody kind of goes. She was right there with it. And I just stood back and watched everything. It was it was it was fantastic. I I, um, I preferred the Sunday night show to the Friday night sh- show, but I love them both. It was fantastic. Yeah, my, my routine is, is very different. <clears throat> I mean, I've been I mean, I've been doing this with these guys a lot. My, I tend to go on and off tour quite a lot. As as you mm-hmm. may both may or may not know, um, so I I pretty much like I set up in it around the uh, the dressing room area. I kind of that's where I kind of operate out of. Catch my words here and there with people um, as need be. Kind of you know disperse myself from there. For the actual show, I I, I always like to walk behind them as they go to the stage because it gives it, it's 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 a fun it's a fun thing to witness. Um, I then get into between I actually go in the barrier on the outside between the outside of the stage and the first rail. Yeah. So where all the crew are and everything, I kind of just constantly patrol that. I also take a lot of photos. So I'm constantly taking photos as well. It's just a really good place to gauge the vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, once in a while I'll hop up and, and take a look from a from a greater perspective, especially at the beginning of a tour. So, you know, in Amsterdam I, I made sure to go high. So as you can see the overall map, um, yeah. but 
you know, for what I do is so what as well, if I am going to write about the show um, and I am, I like to get, I like to, I like to know what people are, are, are getting and feeling right there at that pit, at that moment. And so, you know, the first night <clears throat> you turn around and there's just these giant beach balls flying everywhere. Right. And so I got, <laughs> I got involved with, with a couple of the, the techs and I got it. The security guys of trying to like, just punch these things back into a, a, the 12 pound beach balls. They I were mean, heavy. I guess I was going to say they, they were, were heavy. heavy. Yeah. So we were constantly like revolting them back, right? We we're pushing them back, we we're pushing them back. And, and a mic stand came flying past me and ended up on the floor of the of the pit so i'm like i went to put it back up and i was about to put it up right and i'm like uh i don't think so <laughs> i put it down flat it was chaos but i was it was fantastic i love i love the lack of control that was really <laughs> enjoyable albeit a bit dangerous and by god i i mean i sweated out a whole t-shirt i mean there <laughs> were there was 20 minutes of of, of good like that was good cardio. Well, those those uh, beach balls. There were a couple people John and I saw in the VIP room afterwards. Some guy actually deflated the ball. Yeah, and yes. was walking through. I said, "How the hell do you do that? And what are you going to do with it when you get it home?" Yeah, well, I have no put an extension is, on your house to blow up I, a ball. I had someone <laughs> looking at me. I'm trying to push it back over, and he's like, "No, no, <laughs> I'm going to take it and leave it." And I'm like. What the fuck are you gonna do with That's it? And he's like, right. "I'm right. gonna keep it." I'm like, "How are you gonna deflate it?" This is all happening, of course, with you know, seeking destroy bellowing behind us, right? And finally, I just made the motion like this. Now I don't know if he thought I was threatening him, but I was like, "Tap the fucking thing." It's the only way you're gonna get the air out in time that we can actually not. It, it's because it was an obstruction. Yes, you know, coming across the So there was a lot of fun stuff like that going on, and I, I, I love that. I love that, and I will tell you this: from that vantage point, uh, I looked up and around very often, and for the first time on this tour. It really felt like I was in an arena. It did not feel like a stadium. It felt like an animal house. And and look, Jersey Jersey fans and the, 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 the whole tri-state area, they're all fucking lunatics, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was amazing. What an amazing! It felt like the late eighties. It kind of felt like a justice tour gig uh, 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 towards the latter half. I felt of of, of each night, but especially that first beach ball night. It was like, whoa, this is kind of like justice here man and everyone was just well, that's because you're talking to a jersey native that is still right. born and raised there this is who uh, we am are right? stefan am yeah. i right yeah and i listen i'm gonna put my fuel moment in okay i got a fuel moment in oh, right? a fuel okay. moment or your a fuel f- moment you're fuel. 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 sorry he's that's the american he's participating, participating in, in okay our, very good it's, it's not okay. it's not like it's not a big emotional crying story but my story good. is that's okay it's a six degrees of something yeah so i grew up in a little town about 20 minutes east of east rutherford called carney new jersey i graduated high school june of 1988 Congratulations. The next day was the Monsters of Rock gig at the old Giant Stadium. So guess oh, where there. I was. Yeah. I was there. Right? Yeah. It was there was a Friday was show there. and a Saturday show. I was at the yeah. Saturday show. Yeah. It was my first time seeing Metallic. I was 18 years old and yeah. I bought the nosebleed seeds behind the was full circle. I've been to every Meadowlands, Giant Stadium, Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden show in between. Oh. And then two weeks ago. 
on our show, Metal Mayhem ROC, we reached out to the Bastardane guys and we interviewed those guys. Mm. We had Castor and his crew on our show and they Mm. played at Jimmy's Bar and Grill in Kearney, New Jersey, about (laughs) two blocks from my high school. So as Castor was unloading his drums from his truck that he drives the band around. And mind you, it wasn't a billion dollar Escalade. It was a regular old truck with a U-Haul. I said, Castor. You're on Elm and Midland Ave. If you turn around and look about four blocks that way, you're going to hit my high school. And that's where I graduated in 1980. So the whole thing went full circle. That's That's awesome. awesome. And, you know, super cool with that band, actually. I mean, number one, you're absolutely right. They are driving around uh, in, Mm -hmm. you know, basic beater and they're sharing a bar of soap, uh, you know, between them for a week at a time, which is awesome. So that's how you should do yeah. it, right? John, Agreed? tell him tell, and, but, tell him about the story about Jacobius. Ah, uh, the quick one. So we uh, connect on Zoom, and all of a sudden they appear, just like you do at the beginning of Zoom. All four of them are in the view, and Jacobius, the singer, had just gotten out of the shower, right. and he's sitting on the corner of the couch in a towel. Metal Walt and I were like, hey, guys, you know, take your time. If you need to pull yourself together, yeah. we'll give you a couple but you know, minutes. But you know what's great? You know what's great about him? And if I was – and I saw the show on Saturday and uh, at the on the Saturday night at the – uh, I think it was at the Gramercy. I can't even yeah. remember the venue we were in. But yeah, Gramercy, Gramercy Theater, I believe. yep. Right. Yeah, so so one thing – I mean, I've, I've watched them a few times now since they first started, right? So if I'm a kid and I'm watching that band and I'm looking at Jacoby – you know why I like him? Why I like really like him is because I don't fucking trust him. <laughs> you should never trust a frontman and a lead singer, right? That's kind of the nature of rock and roll, right? And he's got—he's kind of got it. He looks yeah, he's six foot six. He sings up to the ceiling. He wears these weird red yeah. red colos up there. He's he wrapping the a, mic. He's right. wrapping that mic cord around himself like he means some sort of weird business. And he yeah. kind of looks like Jim Morrison and Danzig had a had a baby. Which yes. in itself is great something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And then Castor yeah. is such a great counterweight behind him. It's like, you know, that, yeah, yeah. I really like that band. And, and I got to say as well, I think that uh, I saw Otto the same night. And, you know, they are starting to wander into some really great musical spaces. They're starting oh, yeah. to get into these weird jam pockets, which are just, but they're tremendous. And, you know, both bands are, both bands are really good. And they're a credit to themselves beyond their parents and that's Absolutely. i think a really important that's what we're trying to stress with with the uh bastardane interview it's like the the title of the slide yeah. when we promoted it was yeah. young guns paving their own way and we're trying to get up to the grand mercy show saturday but uh we were be- we're older guys we we're i'm 56 i'm not giving you that as an out yeah you're full not speed or nothing that. yeah get really. out there that's it Come full on. speed or nothing i love it <laughs> I'm I'm 55 and I, my day starts at 7 a.m. and I was up till 3 a.m. You're getting every nothing. Night. We're not giving you anything, John. You're not getting any sugar from us. All right, I'll, I'll go to door number two. Walt offered me. He goes, listen, we could go into the oh, city. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to the Jersey Shore. We went to Point Pleasant instead. Of- and got a nice, delicious fish dinner that night. In fairness, in fairness, yeah. that's probably a choice that uh, maybe yeah. it was a choice we would have made, right, Renee? I don't right, know. Right, right. If offered, but, I, there there would have been a moment a moment of pause deciding on which. Well, day that was the that was the second full circle moment when Rob and Kurt came out on the first night and they did their little jam and they were talking about the surfing thing mm. and how he caught some waves in Long Branch. I said, 
Oh my God, the last time they were playing, they were surfing in Long Branch and John and I had a ride home. We're dissecting it. Well, when was the last show? I think it was May of whatever year that was. And well, it would be a little too cold to go to the ocean, but I'm like, they were down in Long Branch. That's 10 minutes away from my father's beach house where we were on Saturday. (laughs) Did you you ever surf? uh, Did you ever do any water stuff for a name? I mean, this is your, I mean, we were in your hood, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So So we went down, we, we, I, I grew up going to the Jersey shore. Absolutely. We went to, Wildwood, Seaside Heights. Yep. Uh, Point Point, Point Pleasant. Pleasant. Is that what yep. it is? Point Pleasant. Yeah. And uh, my cousins had a little place. Uh, I don't remember the town they were in. But um. so, yeah, we did that. But, you know, I just it didn't surf or anything like that. I was just a, a beach bum. <laughs> like I like going to the beach and playing in the water. Um. But, yeah, yeah. Good times. Fond memories of of all of the Jersey shore stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you, Before I mean, it was the Jersey I, shore. Sorry guys. I've, I've got a <laughs> right. chance to ask. I've got a chance to ask Renee a couple of questions of my own here because I, <laughs> we don't really get time. So when, what was the first stadium gig you saw, uh, uh, you know, in East Rutherford? Me? You, yeah. You, I never get the stadium, chance to ask. Like music or sports. Yeah, music. We were, we or were sports. Uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> we were, you, we were um, season ticket holders to the Cosmos. So yeah. we were, uh, we always went to to watch Cosmo games and um, and saw Pele play. It was pretty cool. Pele um, and Canalia had the opposite ends of the of the, the yeah, arena. Remember? Yeah, exactly. The crowds used to cheer competing yeah, was, arenas. I used to yeah, go to those too. Oh yeah, it was such a good time. Um, Didn't Franz and, Beckenbauer play for the Cosmos at that time? Correct. Kaiser, De Kaiser, right? He did. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And Metal Walt, you and I are about the same age, so we were probably there at the same time. Yeah, so, I was fifty three, so it was around the same time. Yep. But probably my last show. I don't know what my first show is, Steph, at um, at MetLife or what it was called before Giant Stadium. Um, uh, I, I really don't know. I know. I think I saw Bowie there. Right. Um, I, I don't have a memory like. You know, it seems I don't I don't want to assign it a gender, but it seems like a very guy thing to remember stats and details like this. I just go through my life living it and enjoying it. <laughs> I remember the first time uh, a woman ever said that it was uh, December 4th, 1987, that a woman said <laughs> I have photographic memories. <laughs> You're hilarious. No, not really. It was a terrible <laughs> joke. Thank you for entertaining it. Two shows lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It was mm. great. It was yeah, really great. yeah. Okay. Is is this an appropriate moment, Renee, for me to say what I will probably be rolling out many more times uh, about the fact that football or soccer, as you've been referring to it, in my life uh, lives with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, mm-hmm. who I right. love dearly and have seen play live hundreds and hundreds of times. I will I will sneakily tell you that I have actually um, gone to a few games with band members. <laughs> Oh, they've just got so tired of hearing me go on about it. I think they just have just been like, <laughs> "Okay, we'll check it out." Did, and, when, you uh, went, when you went with the band members, did you like just have regular everyday access, or did you have special access? Well, the first time uh, we went uh, went to well, we rebuilt the stadium right next door to the old one, so we went to the the old one, and we basically uh, this is way back now. Um, I made sure there was somewhere at half time to go and get a cup of tea and get warm. So we had access to a lounge for that. Mm. But other than that, no, it was seats. We had seats and everything. It was great. Um, And everyone was like, are you going to bring security? It's like, ah, you won't need security. Just wear a couple of beanies. They'll be fine. You know, because two of the guys went, um, I won't, I won't name them just in case they don't, you know, because it gets weird. Then people start saying, oh, they support this club. I don't want to put that on them. Oh, wow. They were 
were coming to me. That. So anyway, so the best bit is they came with me and my, it was me and my mates and what we do, you know, what we do regularly. And uh, so I took them to, the, there's a Turkish restaurant we used to go to on the high street before the games. They came, they had a Turkish, you know, every so often people would look at them and be like, uh, is it, uh, uh, and they couldn't do the human math and we were already gone, right? So <laughs> anyway, that was great. So we win 4-0. They get to hear some some yeah. rude chants because we were sat near the away fans, the visiting fans for that night. So that was it's all fun and games, right? But the funniest bit about it is <laughs> two days later, I didn't go with them on the, re- the, the, the next stage of the tour. They ended up in Stockholm, right? So two days later, I think it was Stockholm, that they said that they, they had to cancel a show anyway because James got food poisoning. So, of course, narcissistic me, I'm thinking, oh, no, it must have been the Turkish. And someone's telling me, well, no, you know, um, he got he, he got food poisoning because it because beef is a bad oyster. I went, oh, thank God. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> probably not the reaction I should have had, right? But uh, anyway, right. so yeah. anyway, but yeah. Stefan, maybe yeah, you right. should uh, you know, go the Iron Maiden route and create your own soccer club and play the locals. Right. Like we, we, I, we've actually done it. I have, I okay. have, uh, I run a supporters club out here called SF Spurs. We played the uh, Bay Area Gooners many moons ago, and uh, we beat them. Uh, beat them eight uh, one. Mm-hmm. I was player coach. We did it. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, we've done that, and I do a Spurs podcast. It's 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 deep. This is deep stuff. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's deep stuff. Do you play? I don't. No, I I was a hockey guy, but I'm uh, not a not oh, a football yeah. guy. But hockey, which yeah. uh, which which the which which the guys love. I mean, the guys were really into. Uh, I remember going with them early doors to a, a, a Sharks game, like when okay. they came back to San Jose, they were well into it, well into it. You know, uh, Stefan, I just want to interject that I think that's awesome that you have this passion for football. You've mentioned that you've been to hundreds of games. You've got the guys involved and um, the passion is awesome. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Metal Walt's going to call out the production of 72 Seasons up in the tri-state area a couple weeks ago. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with Stefan Chirarzi and Renee Richardson of the Metallica Report podcast. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. There's a small bone to pick I had uh, being, you know, the super detail guy I am. I noticed on the towers the mm. other night when they were the bands were coming out mm. and they had all of the local pictures from back then. Right. Mm-hmm. The old giant stadium were up on the towers. And then I noticed actually a picture of Nassau Coliseum, which is in Long Island, because the hockey team I follow are the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. So I said, mm-hmm. well, I said, I don't know. Somebody didn't do the research here that the Nassau Coliseum is actually in New York and not in New Jersey. So what I will have to tell you is that there is always going to be a visual Easter egg at every show for the fanatic, like your good self to spot. So as you can then send it in and tell us. So I will actually say that our team are so brilliant that they have planted that. So someone might notice. Yeah. And I took a picture of it on my phone and I sent it to my Islander friends to say, (laughs) I call bullshit on Metallica. They didn't do their homework. Well, but, but they, they did. They're just waiting to see if anyone actually spied. It's, 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 Good. Yeah. This is how they. Yeah. This is. You may or may not believe me. I may or may not believe well, I me. I want actually. this on episode <laughs> ten. I want this on episode ten. I want this called out, Stefan. Renee, let's make a note. Episode ten, we call out that Metal Wall was the winner of that week's Easter egg. Perfect. Have you spotted our mistake? Yeah, our intentional okay. mistake, our intentional which may or may mistake. not be true. Am I bullshitting right now, Renee? Or what do you? Yeah, I think you're bullshitting. I I, I think that the the um correct answer here is, um, you know, we were the band was visiting the New York, New Jersey area, so why wouldn't they celebrate and show some images of past visits to the area? You know, it's not mm-hmm. like they were able to do a New Jersey and a New York show this time around so open up your arms welcome welcome your tri-state neighbors that's That's it that's it as long as it's not madison square garden because that's where our hated rangers play (laughs) amused to know that i have had to put up for many many years with with uh lars um uh, you know he always likes to tease me about spurs yeah so when they named the uh the, the full arsenal tour in 2012 arsenal is spurs biggest rivals you can only imagine uh, oh. the, the the slights that I got there, I we only Not named right. this tour because of you. <laughs> <laughs> they nearly played. They nearly played the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium twice now. And he said, "Well, the reason we didn't is we. Ju- I just couldn't bear to see you so happy." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> No, he's 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 I, I love it. He's he's like a brother. I, I love him to death. But with, without that dry sense of humor, it would be such a loss. He's he's very very funny <laughs> and super super sharp. Tell him yes tell him your story, which I which I mine love. Just just recently, you had yeah the. <laughs> i had a funny yeah i had a funny um it was a great large interaction you know i've been with the vans foundation for since 2019 um But as you know, 2019, when I came on, they were finishing up their tour and then the pandemic hit. So I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with band members. And so the few times I did, I introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I'm Renee with your foundation. Da, 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 da. So on Friday, is it Friday? Yeah, Friday after the show, I saw Lars and I was like, oh, Lars, I just wanted to say, hey, I'm Renee from your foundation. And um, I actually stopped and told him I, I have the the best job in the organization because I get to see firsthand how Metallica is um, helping, helping the communities in need that they have uh, been wanting to support. And I have, um, uh, I, I get firsthand thank you notes from uh, people whose lives were changing. So um, I was telling him all this and then, um, you know, and I talked about the podcast a little bit and then he just stopped and he said, Renee, you know, would you do me one favor? I was like, sure. And he's like, would you, don't introduce yourself to me again. So I was like, yeah, you too. You don't introduce yourself to me again either. Cause he often goes, I'm large drummer Metallica. So then day two, Sunday, I'm on, in the belly of the beast doing what I need to do, going where I need to go. And Lars beelines it for me. And he's like, Lars Ulrich, drummer Metallica. And I was like, I fucking told you never to do that again. <laughs> so yeah i uh lars has a great sense of humor and uh he's sharp and fun everything steph has said and, and steph obviously has had a lot a lot more opportunity to hang with that guy so um hopefully i will too Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the poor bastards had to put up with me for the better part of 39 years. I'm serious. I mean, right I first met them in 1984. So, but I, <clears throat> and by the way, I think I probably have never had the chance to say this to you, Renee. So uh, you guys get to hear me say this. I think that's probably why uh, we work so well together on this show is because we're coming from we're coming from two different places uh with the same love and and the same intention so it's it's really interesting sometimes i find myself like you know like we, we had a chat about how you watch the shows this weekend it's kind of cool yet we recorded in the same room which we got to Yes. so it's a really interesting perspective and <clears throat> poor old renee gets to you know gets to hear me waffle on sometimes you know about, oh back <laughs> it's in fine. you know, when you mentioned It's guns fine. and roses i'm like oh my god back in the guns and roses turn it's like oh stop stop <laughs>
So well, it's maybe, a good balance. Maybe, it's a great balance. Maybe that was like the longest introduction ever for the show. But maybe we need to actually say, let's talk about you guys. Like, who are you? <laughs> What's your history with the band? And how did you guys marry up for the brand new Metallica Report podcast? What's the background here? Uh, do you want my, can I give my version first? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I've, like I said, I've, I've been with the band since 2019 my primary focus everything i do my day in day out job is the foundation i'm the sole employee um i should say how do we say it i'm the um sole employee of the foundation but i have the 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 backing and the power of the metallica team as needed but we do this in such in in, in this way so that the foundation dollars the band pays my salary and 100% of any donations that come into the foundation go back out to our nonprofit partners so i'm we're working with um, the the 43 community colleges that we fund around the United States. We've got um, uh, critical local services where we jump in, where disasters strike. And then, of course, the piece of the puzzle that has been with the band for a long time, which is food insecurity sure. and helping fight hunger. So that is my day job. That is my world. And when I came on, my my world previous to this is in radio. So when I came came on to um to join the team i have this background in radio and music and everything and when i met steph we immediately clicked i mean we met the first uh i think it was our first was it a christmas party or something we went to a dinner and steph invited me to his table and we just as as people we we <laughs> jived very very quickly and um i love steph's work as a journalist um so i from my perspective, I think it was just a no-brainer. You have um, Steph, who has been writing for the band for years, and then you have me with this radio background. If we're going to do a podcast, we're the people to host it, and then let's build that thing out from from where it begins to include the fans and uh, the band members and the crew members and all the various uh, many pieces that make Metallica tick. So um, that's that's how I see it, Steph. You want to explain? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> my my history. Uh, that's is that what you're asking? Like how how yeah, I know yeah. these guys? Your history with the, okay. the band and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it starts in 1984, um, and it starts with uh, doing the first piece uh, in, a, in a music paper, um, uh, Sounds, which was a UK music paper. That was the first first ever piece I did on them was the first major piece they'd had in England. I mean, Kerrang had covered them, but Kerrang's a specialist mag. So I was pretty proud of that. Um, you know, and then I would, I, so I, I, I don't know, I kept on, kept on doing stories. I was one of those teenage journalists who bullshitted their way in, right. Which doesn't happen anymore. Um, so it kind of culminated with, and I'll, I'll give you the short version. I ended up moving to the Bay area in 86 um, you know, and Cliff Burton had very kindly said he would introduce me to a few people when I moved, and he did. Uh, there we go. It didn't. It didn't necessarily. Um, it wasn't for Metallica. It was for myself. Uh, but you know, he was very kind and offered to. You know, so he introduced me to a bunch of people. Obviously, he did not come back from the tour that he left to go on, which is very obviously, you know, really yeah. tragic. But I just got pretty tight with them. And so I ended up covering them an awful lot for Kerrang! at that point. Um, you know, I became the the person who like would go out on tour with them. We hung out a lot. We we just became tight. And then they formed So What magazine. Um 
in the 90s. And so I basically ended up freelancing for that for several years, like basically doing all the editorial. <laughs> Tony Smith, uh, a, a great man, uh, was running the mag and he was like, he'd get me out there all the time. And then I ended up doing So What regularly on, on salary from 1999. And uh, so it's it's been a long, long relationship. And, you know, my thing is always to try and bring people, yep. you know, inside and mm. close to the band. Not necessarily, I'm not a stat guy. That's not, I'm not the guy who can actually tell you the set list in Peoria in, in 1992. You know what I mean? I can't do that. But what I can do, I think, is help fans understand the spirit and emotion behind them uh, through their career. And I think if you look at the pieces we've done, that that resonates. And I think that that's very true. You can see where they were at when they made Load or, you know, the Black Album or Justice or, you know, even right now, 72 seasons. So that's kind of my history with them. And and, and the podcast, you know, the podcast is a team effort, right? So everyone is in on it. You know, this, yeah. is, this is not just a village. It's a small nation in a way. <laughs> It kind of is. And we're all in it together and we're all in it to try and find the best voice voices and messages and, 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 and just entertainment that we can in a 15, 10, 15 minute podcast weekly. And and that's the mission. And that's what I hope we're going to be able to do. We'll bring you, bring you inside, bring you out outside, you know, (laughs) and the fans are going to help drive this, right? We need them to keep coming to us as they very, very, um, you know, excitedly have been these first couple of weeks we need them to keep coming you know your story right that you just told us uh well uh that's the sort of story we like to hear yeah we want more of them um because this is very much this we've talked about this renee and i talk about this a lot and we talk about it with christian our, our wonderful producer um you know and and michael our wonderful engineer uh, this is the moment where I feel like I want to credit everyone, but there's, there is a team. <laughs> These guys are great. It's a great team, Jerry. Is, yeah. Great guys. And and but we talk about this. This band has a following and a family and uh, and a kinship like the Grateful Dead. And and as you know, the band are part of that. But there's whole other adventures and stories and tales and. And, you know, we're at the beginning of this adventure and journey with the podcast, and we want people to tell those stories. And every so often, well, yeah, we bring them some from the band as well. That's yeah. how I think it should be working. And I think you'll yeah. see that it will. Yeah. You know, I, I want to uh, share a little bit. Uh, I mentioned I'm from up here in Rochester, New York. My, well, You know, by the way, you say it like we we don't know. And it's a, my, my wife grew up in Rochester. So <laughs> I, I, I've actually been... I, I know Rochester. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, well, good because uh, you know we have our roots. And yeah. as a four, as a fourteen-year-old, I was there when they were doing "Kill 'Em All," mm. and I've been on this journey for forty plus years. Mm. And the other night, when Metal Walt and I were in that friends and family lounge, mm. and we were talking with everyone from Nikki Zazula mm-hmm. to uh, Militia guys, and I it's saw Ricky, just. Yeah. It's communal. I have seen Metallica since, you know, Master Tour. Haven't missed them since. Been to 16 different states. God knows how many different stadiums. And it it still just amazes me. So when, as a media guy and a podcast guy, and when you guys start doing this, and I'm a proud member, uh, Metal Mayhem ROC of the Pantheon Music Group. You know, we're all on the same team. 
And when I heard that first episode, I was just delighted. One, I'm jealous because you're able to get in and out in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while to get there. Don't let, you let, worry. Let, let, let me let me let me tell you, this is where the team comes into play. Right. <laughs> Well, as a host, producer, engineer, editor, I do it all. And I'm always telling my guys, 30 to 40, let's get in, let's get out. I'm really looking forward to what you guys are doing and the interaction. Thank you. That's what it's all about. Um, I mean, I think we're really looking forward to the journey. This is the very, very beginning of the journey. And I remember when I first took on So What in 1999, it had been out for a few years, but it felt like, wow, you know, we're going to go on a whole other ride here. And, and, and as we have, it's, it expanded. It went to places that I don't think people thought it could go. And I think, am I right? I mean, I'm right in saying this, aren't I, Renee? We're both looking forward to doing that here. This is the beginning. It's going to get, you know, this is going to get greater, sharper, maybe a little weirder yeah. sometimes, maybe a little less weird. It's going to go all over the place. And that's going to be, we're going to give you 15 minutes. <laughs> that you can never fully predict, but that you can always rely on, right? That's, right? that's kind of the aim. Yep, that's right. Well, and I can only imagine too, as you know, you go through the 70 seasons global tour over the next year and a half, you know, maybe there'll be some downtime, but then that's where you can go back and you revisit the past, right? And you bring up, I mean, you could you could have a 15-minute podcast daily for 10 years to capture everything, <laughs> right? The tales. I mean, here I am. I'm telling you every little detail of Christian's freaking out. New I can Jersey, hear Christian now. But can you yes. imagine what it would be like in, you know, uh, Tokyo or uh, London or, yes. you know, you name it, right? Yeah, we've got, I mean, there's tons of stories for people to tell. I mean, I can, but look, as a fan myself, Having, uh, you know, grown up in the mean streets of uh, of Kingston-upon-Thames and Surbiton in the UK, having experienced the No Life to Leather demo through the, the metal community, I mean, you know, I mean, look, the first free album I ever got sent as as a cub journalist, right, was, was Kill Em All. That was the first one I ever got sent for free. Right. And I was like 15. Uh, yeah. I just took it and I was stumbling back from a festival where I'd seen Motorhead and drunk so much vodka on the ferry home, I'd ended up coating myself with 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 my own alcohol and food. Oh. But I remember putting that album on despite my my stupor. And, you know, it was like, wow, this fucking demo tape that I heard has come to life. You know, and the, the journey I've had with this band has been huge. I mean, you know, first piece I did was off the Ride the Lightning record. I mean, so I'm I'm right in there with you. And the biggest fan of Metallica is essentially our boss, isn't he, Renee? The person that you asked not to introduce himself to you. That's right. Yep. He's the biggest yep. fan of all. So how how can this possibly not work? Exactly. We're yeah. all involved. So, yeah, I mean, we want those stories. We've got them. I certainly know people out there have them. Let me ask you a question. Is the is the magazine still active? It is online. It's okay. not a published yeah. piece. But if you go mm -hmm. online, you'll see it. As a matter of fact, I will tell you, um, and I'll, toot the horn a little bit here i think if you want to get an insight into james and work on 72 seasons uh i we, we did a very uh i did a very detailed um interview with him and detailed discussion which i think is is well worth reading um so yeah we're, we're online you know print print uh print went but online right. lives of course There's of a course. lot of it yeah you know i i want to share my fuel story excellent as an 18-year-old radio and TV broadcast student in high school, we had a weekend 
heavy metal show. And back in 85, 86, Stefan, you remember the, you know, we subscribed to CMJ. We were the pulse of underground metal, like, yeah. if you will. And yeah. just like we do today, we swank for the fences. I contacted Electra in New York, requested yeah. an interview mm-hmm. when they came to Rochester for the Aussie tour oh, yeah. and was was granted the interview. Mm. Interviewed Lars and Kirk, mm-hmm. met the band. Not much difference between Lars 1986 and Lars the other night. After the interview, uh, Kirk turns to me, says, hey, you got a car here? We did. We drove him to the House of Guitars, Nikki's News, and he was, right. you know, we, to the comic book stores where he was going to three years earlier when they were recording Kill Em All. But back then, he was corresponding with this owner of the comic book store, and they were friends. And he did his thing. We went to the house. James and Cliff were there, dropped them off at the backstage for the sound check. And, you know, the rest is history. But Brilliant. that's when that, that, you know, the journey started back then. And how we got involved mm. with them now was a chance letter to Mark Ryder chronicling everything we've done with Metal Mayhem ROC about the 40-year anniversary. He loved what we were doing, got us involved with Adam Dubin for the uh, archive. Adam and his crew came up in June, interviewed us. Amazing. And we're working with Justin on an interview after this tour to get all the guys from the Kill Em All, the engineer, mm-hmm. Andrew Robleski, mm-hmm. the, the guy that hit bass solo take one mm-hmm. two of the guys that were credited on the back of the album that drove them around and befriended them bob nice lungs thomas and jimmy ferraro <laughs> and these all these people have all these pictures never seen before so, so it's it's amazing so yeah. so i mean and yeah and look to go back to what you're saying there and what we've been all saying i think about that this band's number one fan I mean, I, you know, that's a testimony to him as well, because he is just as interested in, you know, making sure those stories are heard and known and seen and documented. I mean, that project you're talking about, Lars is 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 a, a major driver of that because he knows how important it is to, to document history, and it is history, and he he hugely appreciates that. And that's one of the things you can never quite get across about Lars to people. You know, there's all sorts of opinions about Lars, and I have to stop myself from jumping off my seat every five minutes to defend him because it really pisses me off. I, I hear some really ignorant shit uh, with regards to him and it really fucking annoys me. And I don't mind telling you both that it, it pisses me off. I get defensive because I know that it's not like that. And he in spirit and in heart and in soul is the same guy, the same fucking guy. And I can tell you that because I know yeah, and and it's and I've seen him regularly, so it's not like I just get a dip in here and there. It's it's, and I wish people, I wish more people knew that. Maybe they will. Maybe we can start to make sure they do. Yeah, now. exactly. Let, let me let me ask you: How do they top the seventy-two seasons stage production interaction? How do what's next? Because <laughs> because years ago I sat in the snake pit on the Black Album tour, and back then it was groundbreaking, right? Right. We thought, um, oh, yeah, I have an thought- idea. They can go to Antarctica. Oh, they already did that. Oh, they did that. <laughs> well, that here's awesome. the thing. Just know trip. that they will because they have never <laughs> disappointed yet. Right. 
So it just, it, it just, it just keeps, it just keeps going. And like Lars has said a million times, we're just getting started. So brace yourself. I know. I, 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 <laughs> Walt and I were joking that we're going through uh Metallica hangover after yeah. this weekend. And we both agree that talking with you today is like our hair of the dog to, <laughs> to get us uh, back, <laughs> totally back to reality. Our little Metallica a fix, if you will. And That's so great. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I want to ask you both what song, like I, I, given that we all, we, we like all the songs, right? I mean, that's a given, but what song over this weekend really like, yep. it just fucking was like, bang. I fucking love to hear that. Which one? I personally mm-hmm. love the opening tracks on both nights. I, and it wasn't the song itself per se, but I don't know, man, just something about creeping death mm-hmm. and then whiplash. It's whiplash. just like, it set the whole tone. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I just wanted to be like, fucking, all right, yeah, just like, <laughs> walk like a whiplash. And, you know, and then here was another one. My um, my one son's friend was over the other day and he's, they're 15 me- and he went with his dad to the, to the shows. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a new Metallica fan. And he said, oh, my dad and I, oh. we just love our favorite song. I've seen that. We've all seen that song a million times played. Okay, take it or leave it because we know it, but. What I love about one every time was down in that pit felt like a real helicopter was coming down, man. Oh, and yes. the sounds and the, yes. the bombs and, the and, the, and I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't care about the song. I was like, oh, my God, the fucking effects before one. It was just great. So that was my wow. two things. And I like the the deep purple burn teaser. <laughs> that they threw in there that maybe another nobody else caught Kirk doing it. And then James across the other side says, No, 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 no. Wrong burn song, wrong burn. Which is which is Stefan. If I ever got a chance to meet uh Lars, I would probably say, I don't want to talk about Metallica. I want to talk about my other favorite band, Deep Purple. Like, do you ever sound check Tommy Bolin here in Deep Purple? Like, you know, that would be my end with him. Wow, that's pretty funny. John, your songs? Well, my favorite, my songs, uh, Mm. first, uh, The Day That Never Comes. Absolutely love Death Magnetic. And when Death Magnetic, before it came out, that was the first single. And I remember I was working that night, and I had that on loop, on a loop for like eight hours. I I actually listened to it, so... Love day that never comes. I appreciate it and look forward to the new 72 season songs. Too far gone when they debuted too far gone. Oh, I'm glad you brought up too far gone. I, it sounded so good. That was the second night. Yeah. It sounded so good to me. And I was like, Oh, this is might be now my new favorite song on the record. I, I loved it live. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, that's how it is with the new album. It's like, uh well what's what song do you like the best today? Well uh, it's uh you know, it just it's been in the displayer. Yes, I still have a displayer in the in my truck. And I, I also like a call on the second night, and I don't know, I was telling John this, I don't know, maybe because we were so close to James, as James walked out mm-hmm. away from the song after call was done, he kind of went like this and he just said something like, Love you, Cliff, miss you, Cliff, forever, mm-hmm. Cliff. And I, I, maybe I'm just like, maybe it was me, but I felt like unless you were really down there close, you may not have picked up on it. And that one just like touched my heart. Yeah, yeah. that would. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I love 72 Seasons as a live track. I think it's great. I think it's so good. I mean, I love, and I love to hear James yell, temptation. I love, I love that. But I got to tell you that the way they're, the way they've been playing Whiplash recently, they just, Lars is holding (laughs) in the pocket. It's not going too fast. It's not too slow. It's almost got a chug to it. It just brings the hairs up. It's one of my, it's it's an old, it's an old banger, right? It's an old favorite. That, Absolutely, and whenever they throw battery down, I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, those bangers. But, but then you start, and then we're starting to talk about. It. I mean, you, you talk about call, huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, Orion is also just massive. You know, and look, the job that Rob for me, I mean, the job. You know, again, this is something I can I can speak to <clears throat> directly. I mean, you can as well, obviously, as as people have seen these these shows. And, and saw the shows and saw Cliff play with them. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that, you know, Rob and the work he puts in to Temptation. not just interpret and play the songs, but the spirit of the songs and to be the river between Lars and James in playing those songs and Kirk, obviously, in playing those those songs is just huge. I mean, you know, such accommodation of, of a Cliff's work in those tunes as well. And and he's and yeah. Rob is such a student and so faithful and such a fan as well. I, I think he just does a brilliant job. I mean, and it never that never ceases to kind of blow my mind. Every time I see him, I'm like, fuck that guy's just Orion. nailing it again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's impressive. We made friends with the uh, Metallica friends and family manager. And she said they were doing two things at this show that they didn't do in Europe. And looking back, I'm trying to figure out, did they drop balloons in Europe? And did, and did uh, Rob do that bit where he surfed across the crowd on top of the uh, travel case in Europe? So he did stand on a travel case in Europe, but I think, the travel case has taken on a new life as you've seen. So that certainly was not as fulfilled as maybe it is now. And, uh, 12 pound beach balls in Europe. It did not happen. Oh, Jersey was the first to experience that. And, 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 you know, <laughs> probably the right, the right fans to do so as well. Cause they were fucking all in. It was That was fun. That was so much fun to look back at these lunatics. Like, you know, ah, going fucking boom, ah, fucking great. It's like, you know, they were enjoying getting assaulted by these bulls. It was great. I thought it hit better for um, the second night with whiskey in a jar. I could, I, I could tell you, but I could tell you right before I knew the bulls were going to fall, I stepped out from the pit that night and watched that bit from the floor because I'm like, one night of of like heavy working out, punching these things is more than enough. <laughs> I, I like the first night drop because absolutely nobody, including the band, including the crew. And look, I know this is a, a cliche, but I've got to step out and say yeah. it because it's fucking true. That crew is fucking amazing. Just look at the rigging on that show alone. Chad Kohler and his rigging team. Amazing. I mean, yeah. just incredible. And we will be talking to to, to them yeah. in the course of this pod over the next year. Don't worry. But uh, But anyway, they all got caught sideways by that. And so I love that. 
I, I you know, well, there was all. I'm, you sure, know. I'm sure. I'm sure that the production people don't John Mulder. I'm sure they're like, I didn't love being caught sideways by quite how it happened, but I liked it. As well, a, it was as a little a... wet on the floor too. I noticed both nights, and it's just probably beer drinking and dropping. You know, people get throwing their waters up in the air, and then some makeshift mosh pits there. Throwing, and that, th- that, throwing you know, their throwing their waters like... up in the air. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think waters? I like that. I like that. Walt. Your your, your faithfulness <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in the hydration habits of the, of the Met Life. <laughs> It depends if on it was who you, you talk to. Because <laughs> yeah. John and I, we were getting escorted out. We were like the last person to leave the VIP room. And we're walking out with this gentleman. He was very formal. You could tell he was like one of the head guys. And I just said, how was your weekend? Yeah. And he just went, he just just horrible horrible people throwing up all over the place you know (laughs) dropping their beers it was just a disaster wait well i was in an elevator going from the catering back down to the dressing rooms and i guess there were a certain chunk of floors you know it becomes communal right Right. so there's like oh my god it was like a carnival of 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 humanity it was brilliant people wandering in like people were some people were arsehole by 6 p.m and wandering in and just saying the funniest shit but it was like (laughs) it was like wow this is like the old school this is kind of like an old school night out there's not going to be much safety here (laughs) which i kind of like a little dangerous fun but but yet at the same time like i marveled at the we're there. Like there's that element as well. And it was Great perfectly point. fine. You know, I saw yeah. saw little girls with their dads. Ooh. I saw three generations. I talked to a a, a, a guy, his yeah. mom had just gone to the restroom and his son was standing with him. So it had it it had everything. So you had the you know, the mayhem, but you also had just just true fans enjoying a night with their family and friends. It was well, cool. Lars Lars at that one point on, on night two, he grabbed a little boy and brought him up and sat him on the Tom Tom yeah, there, which right. was so <laughs> cool. Right. Like yeah. I, who was he? I don't know. The kid may not know what the hell is going on, but he's <laughs> sitting on Metallica's drum kit. That's like, right. yeah. how cool are you? Yeah. Oh, oh Stefano, one more thing though. Mm. You should tell security mm. the, the picks at the end though, mm. that just creates fucking bedlam. And mm. people were literally beating the shit out of each other to get on the floor to get a pick because mm. they were throwing cups of picks out. So it was like, you know, just icicles all over the place. Crawling on the floor, people stepping on hands. It was that was dangerous, more dangerous mm. than the beach. Interesting. Ball. So no more yeah. picks. That's no, I, well, that? no, I, no, I, I, no, I don't want to be the guy responsible for them removing because then they'll find me. Which, That's by right, the way, I did catch a pick on night two, so I got one. <laughs> and it was under a girl's shoe, and she was looking at the stage and not knowing. Oh. I'm like, just pick your shoe up. It's right here. And I'm going to get it, but I got it. Uh, <laughs> see, I, it's, that's one thing. I, I And this is something to say. For anyone who is listening to this who uh, goes to shows and might come across me and say, do you have a pick? I, I genuinely don't carry any of them because if you carry 10 then you have to carry 200 because you're always leaving someone out. So I actually don't carry. You can make some money off them. As we were coming out of the snake pit under the stage, there was guys out there. I'll buy a pick. I'll buy a pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that. sucks. I, 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 but can you imagine that? I think it's, I, I think that's just, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think I won't question anybody's circumstances. I'm sure some people really don't have any money and maybe for them, it's a secondary economy and it puts food on the table. But personally, if you have any choice in the matter, you should not be doing that. Matter of fact, right. you should be you should be giving them to people that you know who would love it, who maybe couldn't even afford to go to the show. How about that? How about yeah. looking out for some That's of your bad. friends who yep. can't fucking afford the ticket? That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, we're mindful of your time. We're going to wrap this up. But um, 
we were given three passes for each show, one for Walt, one for myself, and we did give the third to each day to fans and people that totally did not expect it. But, you know, you guys, uh, Metallica in general has welcomed Metal Mayhem ROC with open arms, the show's. Walt and I wanted to give something back to you two today in the Metallica family. So, Walt, if you could uh, bring this up. Oh, thank you, guys. That's awesome. Right on. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, And just, I mean, I guess in case anybody is listening and doesn't know, uh, Metal Mayhem has just made a, a contribution to All Within My Hands. You know, and we don't make a lot of money off of this, if any. So, you know, we wanted to give back to what you guys doing, because that's the real important thing here, giving back. And listeners, we'll have links so you yourself can become a member of the All Within My Hands family and help the fellow man. Walt, any parting shots before we uh, let you out of uh, MetLife Stadium and back to uh, East Hanover in your house? Well, actually, I, I just had an epiphany. I figured out what the next the next big thing's going to be for Metallica. Stefan, you got you guys got to get with Lars. You know the Brendan Byrne Arena, which is on the other side. Next, it's buried in the shopping mall. That's still there because they can't tear it down. That place, that was place, was there for many of my Metallica teenage year shows. It pains me to see that ugly mall and parking lot around it. I used to drink beer in a parking lot and walk through the cold gates to get to that gate B or gate D. But listen, that place has used been used periodically for rehearsal shows. I know Roger Waters rehearsed there a couple of years ago, but I think I, I see something special. Metallica reopening yep. the dungeons of the Brendan Byrne Arena for some special yes. Jersey only shows. Yes. The ghosts. It's still there. There we go. The ghosts yep, of right. Brendan Byrne Arena with the plaster falling down and Metallica opens up. We bring all of the we bring all the justice stuff that falls down again and then we close that place for good. I mean, what is there to add? I mean, I think the two of you have this in hand. I'm just going to sit back. I, I'll do my tiny bit and, and you know, we'll get it in front of Lars, but you two have it in hand. I love it. All right. We're going to hold you to that stuff then. All right. Well, you know what? We want to give a big horns up to our guests tonight, Stefan Chirarzi and Renee Richardson from the brand new Metallica Report podcast found every Wednesday right here on Pantheon Music Podcast Network. It's a up-to-date, up-to-the-minute Cool podcast, giving you insight on the 72 season tours, uh, what's going on with the band, totally interactive, crowd participating kind of podcast. Also, Renee, director of philanthropy for the All Within My Hands Foundation, the Metallica Charitable Foundation, giving back around the world. Visit allwithinmyhands.org. We'll have links down in the show notes. Stefan is the author of the uh, Metallica So What magazine. He works for the band. Tons of content. These two, if anyone has their finger on the pulse of Metallica, these two are the ones. Thanks, you guys. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate we're, it. We're um, honored so that you had us on your show and, and keep up Fuck the great yeah. work with, with everything that you do. And um, 
you know, we'll keep it tight and bright over it <laughs> at the Metallica Report. You guys, you guys, you know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and thank you. And you guys as well. We're going to be listening weekly on, on you guys. We're fans of you, just and vice versa. And uh, Great. Thank listen, you so much. We, we're all one family. So if we have right. any suggestions or vice versa, we know how to get in touch with each other. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Please do. Love it. Thanks. Thank you, great. Metal Wall. Thank you, John. You guys have a great afternoon. Had a great time. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.